0: and welcome to Novel Not New, a true podcast. It's a show where we take narrative video games and we play them through and discuss them kind of like a book club. I'm your host, Jennifer Uncle, and uh, joining me as always, uh, Six Dutmar. Hello, hello. And Olivia Joseph. Hello. So, uh, per usual, I thought that we might start out by talking about the various uh, story games we might have been playing in... Um, on the side, if we have played any of them, uh, Olivia, have you played any sort of side games?
1: Ooh, I intended to play so many more than I did. Um, well, I went back to Umineko, um, after a few months away, just cause that is such a, it's such a long series of games. Uh, and this has not been like a year for me to push myself into, into mm-hmm. gaming, related things, so started, uh, started reading more of that I, it's still pretty good um, not much more to say though, because it's only like uh, like 30 minutes or so here and there um,
0: yeah yeah that that is a lot of game to get through <laughs> um, we've definitely mentioned it before but each chapter could be its own video game, because they're like 15 to 20 hours each each chapter literally is its own video game. Like, Yeah, the, but that's how they
1: were initially released. Yeah, origi- the original releases were like every, you know, I think like every two years or so, something like that. Uh, So yeah, it is just you were playing seven video games in a row. That all
2: happened to star Beatrice the Golden Witch for some reason.
1: Well, okay. The first one definitely doesn't star Beatrice the Golden Witch. And then I think the second one definitely... Um, the third one remains to be seen, although it's looking pretty good on the starring Beatrice, the golden witch, uh, axis. When I go back, I'll rate all the games based on how, how much they star Beatrice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there are some moments, like, later on where she's not around as much, but, uh, it's impressive how... Like of course, when each game is this long, they'll they have plenty of room to introduce more and more people, but mm. it's kind of impressive how many more people they keep introducing, considering how it all is supposed to take place within this isolated island for a while,
1: yeah, number three is when you get to um runaway Beatrice's like demon Butler, um who's a real shithead, he's very fun on screen, um. There's like, a, I think one of his best scenes is uh, he, uh, a battler makes a comment while well, Beatrice isn't around. Like, oh, Beatrice isn't around, so I guess we can not hear her annoying laugh. And Runaway's like, yes, certainly there are some people who could exist who might find my mistress's laugh rather annoying, rather uncouth, re- completely unsuitable for, for a woman of her stature, people might say. Not that I would say that. <laughs> <And>
0: <laughs> yeah, then he has a way of just like... Completely putting down everyone around him while still doing it in a polite way. So, and just <laughs> the like people control. around him are like, okay, so I I probably can't fire you, but I do know what you're up to.
1: <laughs> well, he's kind of like Beatrice's court jester. Like he, she keeps him around because he is like catty and rude to her, and she thinks that's funny. Um, also, the irony of him like um, making fun of Beatrice's laugh is that his own laugh is also very like weird and silly. It's written in the text as "puku <laughs> kuku," yeah uh six uh.
2: um okay, so I was looking through like what have what have I played that I haven't talked about elsewhere that is narrative e um and I guess I can talk about reigns beyond for iOS which I played this year um so the, the, those rains games right and it's like what if you know like use the tinder ui to do like a story about like medieval ruling and reincarnation right um and reigns beyond is a sci-fi game you're the captain of a ship and uh you join a, a rock band and you're traveling the stars and playing concerts and stuff and it's really not very good at all F. Oh. uh. uh the mechanics of Reigns, like, at least so far, I haven't died? Um, It seems like there's there seems to be a death mechanic, but it's just like if you screw up one of the meters and you're near a planet, you're just forced to land, and then you take off and everything's fine again, which is kind of meaningless, and the characters aren't that interesting, and also they kind of have to, like... The rains mechanics were always a bit, you know, like... You accept them in the context, but the idea of, like, oh, no, you got too popular, you died, right? Mm-hmm. Versus, oh, no, you weren't popular enough, you died. Um, whereas in this, you're get managing, like, f- these meters, and they feel arbitrary in ways? It's like, okay, this is how much oxygen we have and I was talking to this guy and he was like hey I bet I could uh, play some music and we'll all feel better and you're like okay and then the oxygen meter goes up and you're like yeah <laughs> Um, it's just I don't know and there's also a rhythm game aspect to it because the band thing and it's not good there's like it seems like there's just one song you play every time and it's just it's I don't know. I think they got it's it's part of uh Apple Arcade and I think they got a deal to make a Reigns game for Apple Arcade and they took that paycheck and good for them. It's not a very good game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the idea that you've been playing it and you haven't died yet. That that's such a weird thing to hear based on pretty much all of the other Reigns games I've played.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Reigns you're you're usually dying constantly.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah.
1: I played. uh, I think it was Reigns, Your Majesty, uh, the one where you're the queen, and like, Mm -hmm. yeah, the entire like the entire vibe of that game for me is just like, oh well, I got too popular, and then they killed me because they love me too much. Mm -hmm. I don't really know how that works. When I don't really know how that game works, when such a thing doesn't happen.
2: I mean, as I say, it seems like it was possible to die, but like. There were a lot of things in place to stop that from happening, and also I didn't care because there was no tension. The only thing that was interesting was that the ship's AI seemed like a real, sh- real asshole, seemed like a real dickhead, and I liked that. Um, It was just the ship's AI was just constantly like, according to my calculations, we should be able to pull this off, even though you're a shit captain. And I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs>
1: Listen, listen, uh, oh, computer, I, I don't need you to do that to me. I have a brain.
2: Or just uh, the other the other thing is it just constantly, like, it'd be like, you know, um, another crew member would be like, hey, I did the calculations and we're using way more fuel than we should. And you're, and the sh- and you're like, that's weird. And the ships say, like, huh, yeah, that is weird. I wonder if someone has the answer to that. And you're like, do you know what's going on? They're like, hmm, who could say? It's like, all right. <laughs> Uh, so, what one good one good point in a game that otherwise I was not super impressed by? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Jen?
0: Uh well, I could have also talked about a different Reigns game I was playing um, because I got like the Reigns board game um, from Kickstarter that that came within the last month or so. But as it turns out, you need three people to play that, and since uh, I only have two people. Um, in this household right now and you can't really go visiting other people right now that'll just have to sit on a shelf for a while
2: mm-hmm.
0: but yeah uh, the main uh, narrative game i've been playing is a uh, well th- that i played is whispers of a machine um it's a point and click adventure game from the people who made kathy rain if you ever played that before um it's A sci-fi game that takes place in Norway. And you basically play a... You basically play an investigator for the police who is going around investigating some murders on this uh, small town that's isolated from everything else, like on this gigantic um, steel disc. And uh, this is a future where... There was a revolt over the existence of artificial intelligence. So basically anything that had a microchip in it got destroyed. and uh, but it's also weird because society also decided, hey, it would be okay if we like augmented humans. that'll be fine. So you just have th- you have this uh, liquid running through your blood called blue that gives you various uh, superpowers like you can, You can basically take a look at a sample on the ground and compare it to other samples nearby. You have super strength that you can activate. And uh, yeah, you're basically going around solving this mystery. And I found the main protagonist very unlikable just because like Mm -hmm. you're playing a police officer and basically all of your abilities they're all tied to one of three different uh it's not really a moral compass but more just like what your style is the okay. three styles you can choose are empathetic businesslike and aggressive and like with empathetic like that's the main one i chose because like okay maybe i'll be able to be a nice person and eventually my main character will be like, question her role within what's happening here. That doesn't happen. Like, at the end of each day, you get a different ability based on which of the three you're leaning towards right now. And all of my empathetic abilities that I unlocked were things like, Okay, you can you can look at someone and make them have temporary amnesia from the past few hours. So you can basically just lie to them to get more information. Hmm. Like you can you can basically the main example of that is you go up to someone who just watched his boss get shredded in a industrial machine and you can basically make him it's inconvenient for you because he's understandably upset about that. So you can make him just forget that happened so you can get more information about the boss for like an hour until you accidentally stumble in and mention it again (laughs) and he has to go through his trauma all over again. And you basically get...
1: Oh, sorry? I was just going to say, well, that doesn't seem very empathetic of you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And all the other abilities are things like that. Like, the other main ability you unlock within that path is, like, the ability to look at someone and copy their image and mannerisms and all of that. So you can basically impersonate someone else to, once again lie and find out information about what they're doing.
2: So really, the the tiers are, well, you haven't explored the others. Maybe they're not what they seem either, but you can be professional, aggressive, or gaslight.
0: <laughs> something like that. And, uh... Huh. <laughs> yeah, just, there's various things that she does in the story that's, like... She never really examines why she immediately decided to do something. Like, there's no option to... One of the things you discover early on is you find a baby that's been organically grown within this... Well, artificially grown within this vat, and... Basically, you don't know what they're going to do with that baby. The cops, they're probably going to do something bad since this baby is technically illegal technology, but the main character never questions that. She just immediately goes to her superiors and is like... Hey, I found this. (laughs) And, yeah, I just found myself not connecting with what was supposed to be the empathetic points to this game. And I was just constantly thinking, like, hey, I'm playing this asshole, and I really wish I was playing someone who at least was thinking through the orders that she was being given. Mm
2: -hmm. Yes, I, uh, huh, It, it, it- For some reason it has made me think about, I have been playing uh, Persona 5 Strikers, which just came out. Uh, Not a story game necessarily, though more than you might think for a Dynasty Warriors type game. Um, I'm not here to recommend that. The Persona series has a lot of problems. Uh, I enjoy them regardless. But one thing I have enjoyed is that they have made a cop a fairly major character early in the game. And uh, every interaction, everyone has been super hostile to him. And one of uh, one of your party members, Haru, has smilingly said things like, "Oh, it's not personal. We just loathe cops." And uh, like he's like, "Oh, I guess I could help you." And he's like, "Oh, no, we don't need your help. You're a cop. Go away." <laughs> um, and I've really enjoyed that. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not usually one who likes Persona stories all that much, but uh, that sounds pretty solid.
1: I mean, it's just a just a fun note. I'm not here to,
0: yeah. <laughs> Persona,
1: I mean, I'm I'm like listening to that. Like, I mean, historically, Persona pretty pro police. Honestly, yeah, that's well, a it, that's a cop game. If I that's a cop franchise, if I've ever seen one.
2: Totally. I mean, you know, hey, this is this is you know Omega Forces is, is this one, and obviously they have some of the Persona team working on this, but maybe maybe. Maybe the Dynasty Warrior guys are like, "Hey, listen, you can do what you want, but you have to make it very clear that cops suck." <laughs> the
1: uh, what, what's it? Uh, do they still have the guy who said he never had a female friend working on the game?
2: I don't know if he's on. Oh no, he left the he left the studio after five, before five Royal, I think.
0: Yeah, that that's accurate. And he's
2: and now he's working on other stuff for them because he's you know, he's not like fired. He just hmm. he was promoted out of having to work on the persona series.
0: Yeah, like the very next thing that he did was the special edition for Catherine, if I recall.
1: Yeah. Man,
0: this guy doesn't
1: miss. <laughs> no, no, he's He just ooh.
0: picks winner after winner. <laughs> but yeah, um we're more or less here to discuss, uh, Eliza, um, which is a 2019, uh, visual novel released by Zaktronics, who typically their fare is like inventive, uh, quirky puzzle games that have built in gift makers that, uh, people share around and they release games fairly often. Like, uh, you'll just see them release one or two every year. And, uh, yeah, this is a bit of a different direction for them. They, their composer, um, Matthew Saigi uh, Burns, ended up uh, both composing and writing this game. And uh, yeah, uh, did you want to give us a summary of it, Olivia?
1: Oh, I'm the summary person. <laughs> uh, Only if you want to, of course. I could do it. Um, I just want to make a quick note. Uh, when I started playing this game, I was like, yeah, Eliza, it's a game that came out last year. And then I was, like, looking it up to put it in my, like, I I keep a list of, like, all the stuff that I, like, played, watched, read, and I looked up the release year. It was, like, 2019. And I just had a moment of kind of, like, uh, anyway. (laughs) 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 Um, so, yeah, Eliza is about a woman whose name I definitely remember all the way. Um
2: this is evelyn yeah
1: i remembered it we can do full name if you want hmm? it's it's is she no aubrey okay see i remembered it until there was a scene about how similar her name was to eliza and i mm-hmm. hadn't i hadn't thought of that before <laughs> but now i'm constantly getting them confused like once you put that seed of doubt in my mind it's just like blows me up uh done so evelyn she is she used to be the head programmer on a therapeutic app called Eliza, uh, which is basically an evolution of a chatbot. Um, and she took a sort of three-year-long uh, depressive breakdown um, due to, uh, it is eventually revealed to have been due to a friend and coworker of hers having died on the job um, from a sort of like overwork and stress-deduced uh, heart attack. And so after three years, she makes a decision to basically like go back into her old company at the lowest level of worker, um, which is what's called an, a proxy for Eliza. And the way and since she's been gone, the way that they've started to use the Eliza app is to hire people to sit there, you know, in the therapy room with AR glasses and read Eliza's prompts to... Uh, the the patient with the sort of rationale that even if people know they're ultimately talking to a computer program having another person there saying the things to them is supposed to like promote the therapeutic alliance Um, and basically the way the story works is that the second that Evelyn gets involved in this um, uh, several of her old coworkers/slash bosses contact her, and they all kind of give her this pitch for their vision of what they want to do, both for themselves and for the world. And it is kind of up to Evelyn to sort of pick through, you know the uh, you know the kind of like ramifications of you know uh, the death of her coworker, and kind of figure out what kind of life she wants to live uh, for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, um, it, the game more or less uh, spends a lot of time with you both going, acting as a proxy, clicking the single line of dialogue they give you because you're not allowed to deviate from the script. And uh, when you're not doing that, you're basically visiting these various other people in and out of the tech industry and uh, more or less getting their, their viewpoint um, mm-hmm. to ultimately come to that decision at the end. And, uh, yeah, there's
1: yeah. there's just in terms of like sketching uh, the end the characters and endings. There's uh, Nora, who is a fellow programmer who, in the three years, has become sort of like a electronic artist slash implied activist. <laughs> It's really something that is not expounded upon very much, uh, but she—it's so
2: weird because like she, you'll have conversations where you're describing her to other people, and you're like, "Yeah, she's such a rebel. She she really fights for all these causes." And I'm like, "Really? She just
1: likes making pew
2: pew sounds." <laughs> yeah,
1: she does. She sort of like represents the kind of like anti-establishment viewpoint in this story but she isn't really established as that it's a weird thing with nora um she also has kind of like an uh a very understated like understated lesbianism thing except for the part where her stage name is like Lil sappho um which is deeply cringe to me yeah
0: Um, The, the one good bit about that is uh you're with your elderly former boss and he's like Hey, you know what little Sappho means, don't you? Uh, <laughs> and Evelyn's just like, yes, I know what that means. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Evelyn, uh, Nora basically
1: represents like what she wants Evelyn to do is just like get out of this whole field, get out of the mental health field, get out of the tech field, and basically, you know, live, you know, do what you want to do. Um, uh, speaking of that older boss, there's also Soren, who was sort of the like the therapist that they attach to this program to give it legitimacy. I have a lot of feelings about Soren as a therapist <laughs> um, and the quality of um, his sort of, like, therapeutic practice. Um, but he is uh, a sex creep um, and a sort of, like, really kind of pie-in-the-sky, like, you know, here's my big idea. He has a new startup where he wants to go with kind of a new tech to like induce dreams in people to like change their brains. And his goal is like, I'm going to remove suffering from the world. And so what he wants Evelyn to do is like, you know, join his startup and kind of come along with him on his grand adventure to like destroy the concept of human suffering.
0: Uh, I really hate Soren. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's. He
2: sucks a lot.
0: He is incredibly awful. Just top down. Like, Throughout your interactions with him or interactions with people around him, they're constantly telling you stories about how Soren Like, for Nora, Soren cornered her at some point and was just giving this speech while drunk about how they're all um, descendants of these gods. And he ends it by saying that he wouldn't be opposed to sleeping with her and collapses on the couch and...
1: Yeah, that's the, yeah fir- they, that's the first thing you hear about Soren uh, in this game.
2: And if you choose his ending, the last thing you hear about Soren is you get a like an email from another person who is like, hey, I also agreed to sign up for this company and Soren promised me he wouldn't sexually harass me this time. Woof. Uh, yep. Big yikes.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, she feels the need to basically be like, hey, the two of us need to work together to keep him in check, so meet me later. Uh, that's bad. That's really bad. <laughs> yeah, don't go to work for someone like that. I just hate that as a concept.
1: Um, speaking of uh, things that I hate, uh, there's also Rainer, who is the um, sort of, like, executive head of the project and kind of the now the head of Skanda, which is the company that owns Eliza. Um, and he uh his whole thing is kind of like ethical violations um because he basically sees the eliza app as a giant repository of like human interaction data um all of which would be medically classified so this would be an incredibly like illegal and fucked thing to do but he wants to use Mm -hmm. all of that data to focus on improving like the the kind of interactive part of the Eliza program to the point where it can be considered general AI. Um, Basically through a kind of like, like self, like libertarian, kind of like tech nihilism thing, um, where basically he just wants to do it because they have the opportunity to do it and it will be prestigious for the company. And what he wants Evelyn to do is like, you know, he has this he has this view of her as like basically the secret sauce that made the original eliza work uh the company's been having a lot of problems managing it since then and he wants her to come back and basically like take it to the next level
0: yeah that specific ending was the one that rubbed me the wrong way to the greatest degree because like Throughout the game, like, you get some bits and pieces into what Evelyn is like as a person. Like, you do have some control over the degree to which she responds to certain things, but I feel like overall, like, she and uh, she and Rainer could not be any further apart in their goals and ideals. But mm-hmm. uh, if you choose his ending, basically, you come back to work, you become this ha- hashtag girl boss with this, like, okay, so our goal is to change the world and we're going to follow this tight schedule. And eventually her and Rainer Rainer meet up again. And she's like, Oh yeah, I've stopped feeling entirely. And I know that now that my main goal in life is to act as like, I'm always acting as Eliza's uh, appendage more or less. (laughs) And together we are going to cause the singularity and evolve past humanity. And it's like, none of these sorts of ideas or thoughts were present when I was playing anything else with Evelyn. So just seeing her take this complete 180 as a character over a choice you make at the very end of the game just didn't feel like it fit in at all.
1: There's some very weird vibes with Rainer too. Like I alluded to earlier, there's a scene where he calls Evelyn Eliza um, mm-hmm. uh uh and he and he goes oh oh it's just cuz the names are similar but also he's the one who chose that name um so there's just sort of an uncomfortable vibe with the way that he like pursues her um though i like as a as a character from like a character standpoint um i can deal with him more than Soren. um just for like as an audience member, I don't know, Soren really skews me out, but Raynor is sort of, like, just such a piece of shit in a way that it can be almost fun to watch him give his dumb little speeches.
2: Yeah, I can I can handle libertarians. <laughs> <laughs> just, anytime he's getting too, like, too
1: too much, just mention Rhodes and he'll clam right up. I really, I really love the, the conversation with him, where he's, like, talking about the, um, he's talking about, like, how he will, like they can turn this, like what they have is a very fancy chat bot. And he's talking about how he can turn it into the world's first general AI and like supplant human experience. And Evelyn can just be like, you know, you and Soren are very similar. You you two have the exact kind of like deranged idealism about things that don't have any basis in reality. And he'll just be like, ah, well, nevertheless, (laughs) I refuse to acknowledge this thing that you've just said to me. Yeah,
0: his final pitch to you is sending you all of Soren's texts and uh, personal medical data. And Mm -hmm. like, the only way that the scene plays out next, at least in my mind, like the only right way is you being like, hey, fuck you for sharing this with me. You you do not have, you are not responsible enough to have this kind of information and Mm -hmm. I am not going to work for you.
1: Yeah, Rainer is fun as a character just because of, like, the degree to which he lives in a completely different world from everybody else. Like, he is so wrong about, like, everything about Evelyn, which I think is why his ending feels really strange, is because it, like, validates his view. But no, he's got, like, a totally, just completely distorted view of Evelyn because he thinks that everyone is the same kind of, like, corporate, uh, like you know, ruthless corporate drone that he is. Like, he he basically, like, doesn't understand that she's depressed. And so he thinks that she, like, went off the grid for three years to work on some kind of secret project. And now she's back working at the company as another secret project. And she, he also thinks it's all a ploy to get his attention. And he's like, oh, and it worked. Marvelous play, Evelyn. And everyone else is just like, Evelyn, are you all right? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Everything yeah. in her life points to extreme mental distress and Raynor just sees it and he's like ah 4D chess. I can play this game.
0: <laughs> yeah. The like the uh, the main other character that you spend a lot of time with is uh Ray who and is basically your boss and um runs the center that you're working at along with s- several other centers um mm-hmm. Her whole thing is that she's, um, I'd say that her character is like, well, when you talk to her more, she's a romantic asexual person who basically talks about wanting to form these relationships with people, but, uh, they don't like it when she doesn't really want, like, sexuality to be part of it, and, uh. She's in the program because she thinks that Eliza really does uh, help people and can make a difference. But also, like, she talks about her own struggles trying to, like, do right by her brother who is in a really bad way and more or less gets kicked out of every place he lives in um, fairly frequently.
1: Yeah, she's, like, somebody who kind of struggles a lot with, like, the with sort of, like, the daily life of things, Um, and she really tries to be positive and, like, focus on the positives of life, and that's kind of her orientation towards Eliza, is she's, like, very much an optimist, and she sees that, like, you know, she wants to see the good in, you know, this program, and she really stakes her kind of whole identity on that because her job as kind of, like, a manager at Skanda with the Eliza program is, like basically like the best like the best and like most prestigious job that she's had um and so like a lot of her identity is tied up in this program and it existing and she has like a she has an interesting relationship to evelyn as like the person who created this app you know where she's kind of like very visibly kind of like struggling with like hero worship of evelyn basically and like trying not to be weird about it but is is unavoidably a little weird about it
0: yeah, mm-hmm. it's a mix of hero worship and envy because, like, there's various points throughout where she's like, oh, clearly you're going to head back over there at some point, right? You're going to go back to what you were doing before. And when you're not super enthusiastic about it, it, she reacts in a way that makes it sound like you have all these opportunities and you're throwing them away. And there's a little bit of slight bitterness you can hear within that. And uh, it, it's just <laughs> this interesting... I feel like she's the most fleshed out of all the characters in here.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. She also has an ending, um, which I didn't which I didn't know she had going into this where um Eleanor or er, um, Evelyn continues to work as like an Eliza proxy while uh training to become like a full on counselor herself. Um with the idea that, you know, she she doesn't you know she's like i'm going to do like on a small scale what good i can for like the people in front of me is the kind of thematic thrust of that ending
0: yeah out of all the endings i feel like that's the one that was intended as the main ending just because her her monologue at the end was basically going into how like she had a bunch of choices in front of her but in the end that this like, most of your time in the game is spent doing this counseling, so it feels like the natural end point is to just continue doing counseling and uh, more or less advance past Eliza and uh, take it for real. Because, like, the one moment where you do have the opportunity to break from the script, she sounds very attentive to what these people need when they're coming to visit her. So... Yeah, I'd say that that's probably the ending that they put the most focus into. Like when you get to it,
1: mm. I think it's the one that like feels kind of like all the others just feel a little off to me. Kind of like what you said, Jen. That like I I feel like the character basis is strongest for like the counselor ending versus the other three, which are yeah. uh, uh, kind of feel like a little more out there um then there's also erland who is (laughs) trying his best
0: yeah erland is uh fresh out of college has been with the eliza program for a short amount of time and he he goes into how um pretty much everyone else that they've tried to replace evelyn with um over the past few years has uh been fired uh after a little bit of time because it's clear that Raynor wants something very specific and no one else can give that to him so he's more or less uh he initially just seeks you out because he's like okay I want to figure out what I'm doing here so I don't get fired like everyone else so but instead of asking you questions about how the system works or anything like that he just kind of gets to know you like he asks opinions about your viewpoint and all that because well a well the the reason that he the reason that he says he's doing that is that uh he thinks that it's more productive and fun to find to ask her about that stuff and get her viewpoint because since she created the since she was one of the main architects behind eliza getting to know what she's like would be like getting to know what brought the system together. But at the same time, the the main reason he seems to be asking you these questions is he seems like he's in a pretty stressful situation and you're the only one who's giving him genuine answers in his workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a conversation where
1: Evelyn can describe herself as kind of like a mentor figure to him, um, to Erland, who she sees as like... Similar to how she was when she first started the project, and so their relationship is kind of like Evelyn being the mentor to him that she kind of wished that she had at that point in time. Um, which is, uh, which I, I think it's fun. I I like Erland. He's charming, and um, how much of like a very tiny nerd he is. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he'll just be like he just sends, like, there are several points where he'll just send, like, a seven text string that's just, like, this, like, techno spiritualism, as he's like, do you feel like the souls of people who create programs are imbued in the programs? And everyone's just like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah. he's like, oh, sorry for being really weird. And she's like, you don't need to apologize. And he's like, right, sorry for, whoops, hold on. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's something charming about how awkward he is, and that also made me hate the Rainer ending, because, like, the first thing you do, well, the first thing, the first person you come up to once you decide to come back to Skanda is um, Erland, and he's like, So you're probably gonna fire me, huh? And she's like, now, now, let's not get to that just yet. And it's very clear, like, oh, yeah, she's definitely gonna fire Erland. This sucks. That sucks.
1: Ugh. I'm glad I didn't go with. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't go with that because wow. Uh, you can
2: make you can make different choices there, but like it is still within that framework where it is it, where it, it, it you very much get the vibe where she is like, I mean, you know, I'm gonna do what's best for the program, and it's like, mm, okay,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> just become. Uh oh, the woman I was previously discussing my like incredible problems with the direction of the company actually is completely on board with this direction and is now my <laughs> boss. Uh, so Erlen does not have long to live, honestly. In that end, yeah. <laughs> which,
0: which yeah, sucks. like if, if you aren't joining the company, like if you if you take the ending where you basically decide fuck all this, I'm going to Japan to basically meet my parents again. Um, the last conversation you have with them is like, look, they're get, they're going to just keep giving you directions that will violate your ethical standards. So get out while you can, dude.
1: Yeah, I think this game, this game, the cast in this game is like such a sharp divide between like Nora, Soren and Rainer, who I all can't stand. And then between like mm-hmm. Ray and Erland, who I'm like, yeah, these are good characters. I really like their interactions with Evelyn and their whole deal. Uh, but those th- that main trio, I just hate all of them to varying degrees. This is a game that I, like,
2: if if I weren't playing it for this podcast, I would have stopped playing. Um, Because, yeah, I didn't like most of the cast and I didn't... It's not that I think the questions it's asking are fundamentally not interesting, but the, the parts of it it is interested in, I don't think I am.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I could definitely relate to the overall, like, thrust to the narrative here as someone who, like... I've been working in IT for... It'll be six years in like, a few months. And, uh, like, my very first job in IT, I had for a while, and then at some point, like, I started having problems functioning as a person. Like, I would just... There was a, there was a point where I... It... I ended up accidentally getting into a few stationary car accidents just because I was stressed out of my mind and didn't know what I was doing and like the creator of this game like the writer Matthew Burns talks about how he the the reason why he made this game is that he like he was in he is in game development but also like he went through this period of burnout as well and like he wrote Evelyn's story as a way to kind of like go through some of that burnout and, like, talk about it, because it's not something you... It's something you see talked about more as uh, more investigative reports come out and people are opening up about their experiences in tech, but, uh, yeah, there's just the sensation, like, do I go back to this field that has uh, hurt me in a few ways? Do I find a different way forward within that field? Do I say fuck it and... Go to through an entirely different direction, and there's definitely some level of oh, well, there's a lot of level of privilege to what Evelyn is doing, just in terms of like she played a big role in this company that seemed to she seemed to have a pretty good paying job, and like she does have a number of uh, opportunities here where she can go into another high paying job and all of that, but. And not
2: to not to sell her, her trauma short or anything, but imagine having the money to be like, I'm depressed, I'm not gonna do anything for three years.
0: She does have a she does end up working at a bookshop during that time, but yeah. They're...
2: But that's like the last year. She does spend two years just kind of sitting there, which you know, I'd like it's just it just again, it's not to like to told her it's just sort of like the the, the gap between her experience and, and ones i'm familiar with where like even if i felt that bad if i took a month off i would be bankrupt mm-hmm.
0: yeah totally and yeah I'm, I'm in the middle of having to choose a job for myself soon just because like the contract at where i work is ending and like playing this at the same time i, I didn't choose this game because of that but uh yeah, uh, playing this game at this time has been a weird sensation of me cross-referencing my own potential, where I could go versus uh, where she can go. And she obviously has a lot more options than I do, but it's still like this interesting... What does it mean to question whether you even want to be it within this field anymore, even though you do have... Latent talents within it, and it's what you've done for most of your life.
2: Jen, don't go to Japan.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's not looking at the cards for me, especially since, a, I don't have any relatives there, and b, like no one's moving to different countries right now because of a pandemic. But yeah, you
1: don't never go to Japan to meet your dad who abandoned you when you were a child. That's just not. That's just not.
2: That was not what I thought was going to happen when I clicked the "fuck all this"
1: button. <laughs> um, I I don't even need to be Evelyn's therapist to be like, that is a closed. That is a closed possibility. You know, like, <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I didn't even really know that. I also didn't think that that was going to be the option with the nobody thing. It does just sort of come out of nowhere. I think you know. Mm-hmm. She talked about her dad but- once um but it's not like it's not really presented as a choice you know um
2: i guess to people who don't have severe depression they probably wouldn't find it satisfying to have an ending where she just said i'm just gonna go back to bed uh, i would relate to that but
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um
1: yeah, I, was, I, was, I was there was a point where she was describing her like two year experiences um and I should I should say just like my own my own personal position um I uh like I am about to I'm about to finish like graduate school to like become a therapist myself um so the you know that was kind of like my, uh, personal experience that I brought to the game, um, but that point, that scene where she's describing, you know, what happened in the intervening three years, and I was just, like, mentally going down the symptoms for major depressive disorder, and I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, yep, yep, ooh, ooh, yep, uh uh-huh, like, it's very, very, uh, textbook in that case, um, which makes it sort of, I don't know, the thing about this game, right, It's a game that is about tech therapy, but is not about therapy, really. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was part of my frustration with it, being somebody who, like, does interact a lot with, like, therapy and the concept of therapy and, like, works in the mental health field currently. It has a... The game has, like, an... It has, like, a kind of... Pop culturey, like amateurish understanding of what therapy entails. Um, like it's clearly, it's clearly written from a perspective of being familiar with the tech industry, but not being familiar with the mental health industry. Um, which is why, which is what made it kind of frustrating, because like a lot of people before I played this game, described it as like, oh yeah, a game about like, you know, therapy and like technology. And it's kind of, it's a lot more about technology than therapy. Like Evelyn kind of could have made Uber Eats and it would be a pretty similar, um, a pretty similar story. Cause it's a lot more about like creating this app that is a bandaid over a problem rather than specifically creating a kind of like a therapy solution, um, because therapy is represent, like, the idea of, like, traditional or, like, classical therapy is represented in this game by Soren, who is running on some, like, real old shit. Um, yeah. That is kind of, like, you know, there are certainly therapists who exist like Sorin, um, but if you're talking about, like what the mental health field is today and even the problems of what the mental health field is today it's much different than like soren's whole thing about like dreams and like highly individualized like human suffering you know
2: Uh, and i mean also i feel like i mean obviously i don't know maybe you don't want to represent it as being too out there but like the thing that makes Eliza, like, better than a chatbot is the ability to pick medications. That seems like that's basically the only thing it can do that, like, the original Eliza basically couldn't.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, it does not seem particularly sophisticated. And, like, I would get that if they were, like, like, you know, I don't know, procedural generating or something. But this is all scripted. You could have written this thing to be smarter. And then the other thing is... I mean, we don't see any instances of, of, you know, a real therapist or real therapy besides, I guess you say Soren, but I kind of feel like he doesn't count. Sorin, Sorin um, can I just
1: say Sorin is Soren is like a garbage therapist. Like, mm. if I if I were in control of Soren's license, I would take it away instantly.
0: Yeah, especially at the point where he is in his life, because, like, his whole reason for, like, wanting to eliminate negative emotions is he straight up tells you one night that... I wanted to kill myself, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. So I'm just going to invent this. I'm going to invent this solution for myself, which is eliminating all my negative emotions, and I'm going to sell it to other people. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like, I'm just making, I'm just spending money as an excuse to create something that I want for myself. And it's this incredibly self-destructive behavior. And yeah, like wherever he used to be, at this point in life, where he is now, he is not equipped for therapy at all. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, I don't think he's practicing therapy at all.
1: Um, <laughs> it, I think, I think it's. It seems to me like he's basically just in the tech field at this point, and he's kind of like running on the prestige of his therapeutic credentials, but he doesn't really like. He's not a practicing therapist anymore, um, mm-hmm. but he's still just like. His his like a lot of the stuff he's talked about is like kind of straight up debunked these days, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a point where Rainer's like, oh yes, Soren, like Soren and his therapy, like Freud and Jung, and it's like eh, Freud, Freud is discredited. Freud is just kind of straight yeah. up discredited. Um, yeah. If your therapist starts talking about Freud, like run. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and so the other thing I was gonna say is. In the last chapter, well, except for the ending chapters, but in chapter six, you gain the ability to make, like, non-scripted Eliza choices, right? Like, in your Eliza therapy sessions, it's always, like, Eliza tells you what to say. But in the last chapter, really without any fanfare, it's suddenly like, oh, but you've got a second option of something else you can say. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a complete waste of a feature because, like, they're never that diff Yeah. Like, you get options where Eliza's like, why do you feel that way? And then the other option is to say, hmm, it's strange that you feel that way. It's like, those are not really different options. Well,
0: there's some of them that are like, like specifically with the um, quirky um, lit major who cheated on his wife with a classmate. You can basically be like, I'm going to be real with you for a moment what you did was very selfish and you need to talk with both of them and not center yourself in this story. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Therapeutically inappropriate, by the way.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the other thing, right? Is, like, even, like, he was the one where I was, like, I I saw some of those and I was, like, I could go off the reins, but it's, like, also, like, they say it very early, early on, you are not a fucking therapist. This is not, like... You are saying these lines and, like, whatever you feel about Eliza as a a machine therapist, still more qualified than you are.
1: Yeah, the thing, like, the thing about Eliza as a therapist is that it is, as a program, it seems to be, like, okay at active listening, which is, like, a technique that you use in kind of, like, counseling and therapy, where you kind of you kind of say what the what the other person is saying back to them in a way that indicates you understand to like in naturally encourage them to speak more and that's something that the Eliza mm. program can do you know harman says like you know ah uh, now i've cheated on my wife and i you know and you know i've cheated on my wife and she won't talk to me and then my classmate won't talk to me and ah uh, my life is over and then eliza would be like you know Uh, It sounds like, you know, Eliza would say something like, oh, it sounds like you feel that your life has, you know, that this is like a really serious event for you. And then Harmon goes like, yeah, I do because blah, 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 you know. So like Eliza can do that. But it also, but that's kind of all it does. Like therapeutically, it's a one trick Mm -hmm. pony because it has no assessment tools. Like it cannot... Make a it can't make like a real judgment of like a client's feelings or circumstances. Um, it basically will just kind of like active listen for a few lines before like recommending some mindfulness app and then some medicine. Um, and I and like every single client, um, you know, in my you know, in my professional opinion, there's, like, no client in this game for whom medication is, like, appropriate at this point, Um, especially after one session, like, the, mm. it's, like, so far afield, you know, um, uh, of, like, good, good sense, and, like, what is standard in that industry, and that's kind of what I mean with, like, the The kind of, like, unformed conception of what therapy is. Like, I really don't think... Even with the mental health field being as messed up as it is... I really don't think that would fly. Like, um... And... So, like, yeah, is the thing... And then I'm talking a lot. But when you get to the part of the game where you can say things that are different from Eliza... Like, you're kind of doing the active listening thing. Which is what Eliza's already good at. Or you're confronting a a client which is something that you do in therapy very sparingly, um, mm-hmm. and which is not something that Evelyn, like, really should be doing at the point where she is with any of these people, you know? Um, mm-hmm cuz you you only really confront a client like when you have like a real relationship between them so that when you tell them that they're wrong they they can believe oh okay you're telling me that i'm wrong but i know that you listen to me i know that you care i know you're coming at this from like a place of wanting to help me versus like just fighting. You know, I think if you just told a real person like Harriman at that point that like, hey, man, you need to really reexamine yourself. He'd be like, oh, piss off. I don't need to do anything and then leave. You know, he takes it so well. Mm. And I think that's just very like, not what's happening. Um, But the artist woman like, that's fine. Because all Evelyn really does if you go off script in there is just like, encourage her to do a thing that she is like, considering and has a good reason to consider for her like mental health and you just like encourage her and validate her choice to do that which is something that eliza
0: could basically do you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah like they i I feel like they pull they end up uh the very first session that you have is with a person who's clearly modeled after walking phoenix and her like his entire appearance and everything (laughs) and uh I feel like they pull one of their more interesting cards out a little too early, where he's just getting incredibly frustrated with the machine-like answers you're giving him. And he's like, okay, I want to speak to the real person behind you at a point. And then the prompts that you're getting from Eliza are you basically still reading from the script, but it's lying to him and saying that it's not a script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's being like, oh, okay, my name is Evelyn and all that. Yeah, and uh,
2: being like you, like like I'm sorry, I can't stay off the script for very long. I'll get in trouble.
1: Yeah, that is like a really good moment that I think is wasted as the first therapy session. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But also with that guy, it's just like, you know, yeah, he's going through it, but he doesn't need medication. Like he needs a he needs like social connections with other people. You know, so what you would need to do in that situation as a therapist is like you know, he feels like he's the only person who feels these kinds of things, and he doesn't know what to do about them. So what you need to do is not give him medication, but you need to, like, listen to his feelings and validate them. And, you know, get him to feel like somebody else understands what he's feeling, and then, like, find ways with him that he can connect to other people who, like, can, that he can, like, have good relationships with and support him. Um, But then he just kind of comes back later and is like, yeah, it was really helpful to have someone, like, listen to me. Um, Which is a moment I don't know how to feel about considering that you, like, lied to him, you know? Um, Real harm was done to that man, basically, you know?
2: Uh, And also, I mean, like, speaking of of real harm, very directly, uh, Eliza apparently has short-term memory loss because she'll prescribe clients different medications on different visits just stack them up
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and like the only other thing she'll suggest other than medication is uh oh you can it, it basically shunts them into a another element of this corporation's uh application like hey why don't you spend money on our meditation app and spend some time there
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's weird how, like, you, throughout various points in the game, you can check your phone to, like, get some idea about how the rest of the world is taking Eliza and to, like, catch up with uh, other characters that are both present and non present in the game. And, uh, you do read several articles about people who are being critical of Eliza, and none of them seem to mention, which is kind of weird, that, uh, one of the apps, the two app, the two main functions of this application are prescribing you medication or telling you, hey, go play this game or look at this interactive app that's part of our other apps. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that idea comes up once. Um, I can't remember who talks about it, though. Um,
0: uh, it, oh, it's... The art woman does, I think. No, like, if she mentions... Uh, I don't know why you people think that me just looking at a pretty field is going to make anything any better.
1: No, I think there's someone who very specifically like accuses and it might be the guy who works for Skanda who's going to leave soon. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he might be because there's definitely a character who explicitly says like Eliza is not about you know helping people because there is a financial incentive for the for like skanda to continue to like basically to keep it might be something soren says but somebody says like there's a financial Uh, yeah skanda says
2: or (laughs) (laughs) soren says yeah that, that
1: there is a financial incentive for skanda to like monetize people's emotional pain into like uh creating a need for skanda services so there's no reason for you know there's no reason for skanda to like can you know actually make eliza a thing that can like alleviate suffering in a long-term way you know um Mm -hmm. and that's something that like a character says but you know doesn't seem to be reflected in the like cultural um the cultural reaction to eliza as presented in the game well,
2: and the options you have as Evelyn at that moment are to be like, "Wow,
1: that's too far of an accusation."
2: Saying that a company would make choices <laughs> not in people's interest to make money. You
1: need to calm down. Have you been drinking? Worst person you know makes a great point. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> they do it they do have a few moments like that with both Rainer and Soren where it's clearly along the lines of worst person you know makes a great point (laughs) just to, I think those are in there just to make you think, huh, maybe I should be thinking about these characters more carefully.
1: Mm.
0: The most, uh, the most, the moment that feels most like ripped out of an idea, like, okay, this could almost be like a theatrical movie is the part where you go down to the server farms and, uh, talk to your dead friend damien by talking directly to the servers like Mm -hmm. at some point you do get the sense that she's playing with the idea that a part of damien lives on within eliza itself Mm -hmm. and there's this strange emotional attachment that she's somewhat struggling with uh down in that server farm
1: yeah there's sort of like There's a thing, Erlen talks about this, like, Raynor talks about this, there is, like, a kind of strand of, like, kind of, like, a technological, like, personification and almost kind of spirituality that, like, a lot of the people who interact with, like, the Eliza Code, they don't really understand it um, in a rigorous way, but they sort of have this, like, spiritual, almost spiritual understanding, you know, where Raynor's, like, we can we can make this all work if we just get like the woman who was the main like designer for it because she has like a connection with her with her code um you know they I there's several characters who like talk about Eliza like it's a human being you know um mm. they uh, they say that like you know Evelyn is like particularly like, good at being an Eliza proxy and it's like, oh, it's because Eliza like has an affinity with you, you know? Um which is a odd bit of that game that I don't I don't think really resolves into anything. It's kind of just like something that certain characters believe.
2: I mean I feel like that actually makes sense in a way that it's like I mean it's the same as when you're designing a program, you're designing it on the way you think, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're building this, I'm sure there are times where you had to, like, program in its logic, and you're going to use your own logic, and so therefore it meshes better with Yeah, you.
1: that's something explicitly, like, stated. Like, that's an uh, explanation that one of the characters offers. Um, I'm not sure I followed as to, like, I mean, it seems like if Evelyn is based on the two proxies we see, right who are Evelyn and the other lady, it kind of just seems like maybe mm-hmm. the reason Evelyn is supposedly doing well as a proxy is because she's like better at conveying empathy when she speaks uh, because in the one in the one time that like she Evelyn like you know makes an appointment at you know to see Eliza as a patient would uh, the woman who is reading the proxy stuff to her is not good at her job. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she is she is playing breakout on the other lens. <laughs> she is not there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, like every time you finish talking, there's just a mo- there's just a brief break where you see the little indicator in her glasses light up, and it ma- it definitely communicated to me like, oh, she's tapping away from something right now. Shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's several points where Ray talks about like being able to zone out. Um, when she was in Eliza proxy and just read the thing on the screen. And in all of those parts, Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh Jesus, that's really bad. That's really bad. Like (laughs) the, it's like hard to convey, like when you are a counselor, like even the amount of nonverbal things that you do to communicate to someone like, you know, that you are like listening and to kind of like try to, you know, like build a connection with them basically. Um, just, like, because you really have to think about, like, a bunch of little things and the ways that humans interact. And being a proxy seems like the worst way to do that. Um, it kind of seems to be a self-defeating, um, like, a, almost like a self-defeating uh, construction.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like, maybe it feels more human to have a person read out a script from an AI, but in that regard, you're still getting this disconnect where... The person in front of you isn't really connecting with your words when you're speaking to them. They're just uh, spitting out whatever the screen tells them to say.
1: Or they're or they're connecting, but you're not hearing like their connection. You're hearing the computer program, which by definition can't empathize with you because it is code. You know. Um, yeah. There's like definitely a, there's definitely a few lines and and credit to the, to the, uh, actor who voices Evelyn, but there's definitely a few times in the game where you can hear like Evelyn's kind of empathy coming through in her voice, even though what she's saying in the computer program is just like, well, goodbye, (laughs) come back and pay us money again. Um,
0: but yeah, you know, you can, you can feel that, um, yeah you can hear her making a bit of a connection with uh the older woman who comes in to more or less have someone to talk to oh that um, was so, because that
1: was so real that hurt my heart so much that part is just like you do and you really get clients like that like specifically like the older the older woman who like really wants to talk to people um you know depending on where you work like you can really get a lot of those clients and it's and like especially the part where Evelyn's like oh and she never talked about like the all the things that were going wrong in her life and it's like yeah cuz that type of person really doesn't do that um mm-hmm. i will say that like there there's some like clients in this game that really feel like like yeah like these are real kinds of people that you talk to as a counselor um the guy who is like having a child um and really doesn't like want to talk about it, but seems to be like you know kind of going through some kind of like like kind of like queer like closeting experience is also really painful, you know, just like real shit.
0: Yeah, the the other element to Eliza as well is like um, at a certain point a beta gets introduced where you're more or less going through these clients' texts and uh, just seeing what their situation is overall. And uh, like the way that that's handled is weird too, because that system seems to be slightly more intelligent about making conclusions about uh, what's going on in that person's life. Like the whole thing with that is you have to read through each text and each email. And then the Eliza will prompt you to be like, this person is going through financial hardship, or this person has a strained relationship with their family, and you you process that stuff in, but it never feeds back into these sessions you're doing with Eliza. Like, I don't think you ever get an opportunity to have another session with someone after you go through their information like that.
1: Uh, you but... do with the you do with the artist woman, but the thing that it talks about doesn't come up you know the thing it asks is like you know she's trying to become famous and like are her attempts to become famous facing hardship um but i also disagreed with that because i'm like that's not really her that's not her you know that's a surface level issue you know um her kind of like struggles with um like the art industry and becoming famous really seem to be like uh you know what she wants is for people to like appreciate her you know um Mm -hmm. and that could be art or that could be something else and that's why i think in the end the the thing that she wants to like take a step away from the art world is a wouldn't you know would be a good step for her where is she a real person um but that's Mm -hmm. like not a you know that's not a thing that is really like in eliza it's kind of something that she comes to on her own well
2: and also that's one of the ones where the transparency mode as they call it uh doesn't seem to have told eliza very much because she spends most of her time talking about how she is stressed out that her art is not going well and then you get access to her text
1: and eliza like it seems like her art is not going well it's like well fucking yes (laughs) she says that there's also several times um because the like eliza interface during the counseling thing like puts up a lot of data on the screen um and it's commented that it doesn't really mean anything, a lot of the data. But you can see kind of, like, the way Eliza tries to, like, parse what people say. Um, and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to be able to tell, like, whether people are using certain words sincerely or ironically, you know? Like,
0: yeah, there's,
1: sev- there's <laughs> several times where a client will qu- will quote somebody, you know? And, you know... The, like, the guy from the first one, you know, he'll say, like, all my coworkers, you know, they're just all sitting there and they're talking about how great things are and how happy they are and how they go out to these expensive restaurants. And Eliza, like, dings, you know, great, positive word, happy, positive word. And I'm like, no, he is communicating deep distress that he's feeling.
0: <laughs> it reminds me of Twitter, like, uh, th- throughout... The last few years, there's been instances where Twitter has been like, okay, we flagged these two negative words, and we're seeing this account as a negative account, or we're going to hide this reply because they say fuck, even though they're mutuals with you, so they're probably not saying something mean to you.
2: <laughs> and you get so I've got some of those, especially recently, where it's like, you know, do you want to see even the offensive things? And you open it up, and it's just a person like saying like, yeah, me too. And you're like, what? There's literally nothing offensive in here
1: uh, or it's like a person who just like okay you flag this tweet for having a negative tone but the original tweet also has a negative tone and so they are agreeing with each other you know like someone will like the tweet will be like i can't stand marvel movies and the way they've like completely crowded out the movie you know the like field of of cinema and then there'll be a reply that's like yeah it's a real wasteland out there i can't stand it but that will be like in the hidden replies because it has a (laughs) negative tone and it's like i think part of this game is just like despite the fact that it's kind of critiquing technology there is like a big idealism about like the capacity of certain technologies to be effective (laughs) i kind of i kind Mm. of feel that like you know i'm kind of in many ways, I think I'm, like, too cynical about technology to, to really get into this game. Because it's, like, a chatbot can't... It's a chatbot. Like, come on, people. I feel mm. like I'm kind of like, are you all seeing this? It's a chatbot.
0: <laughs> well, I, I feel like that is... On, on some level, I do think that the game is aware of that. And it's commenting on it by laying bare the internals of it. Like, it, the game clearly thinks that it's a bunch of... Um, hocus pocus to like the way that it just shows the positive and negative and how like reading these people's personal texts is little more than data mining because it doesn't mm-hmm. feed any of that back into the actual therapy sessions yeah it's and it's uh, like
1: it's kind of just a method for rainer to like gather more data about people to make his stupid ai thing hey listen ai is cool no it's it's <laughs> rayner's conception of ai especially is really stupid there's a bit where he's like sure all poetry is either good bad or mediocre and i'm like oh my god you are dead inside (laughs) you like you do not have any idea how to interact with art and yet here you're like i'm gonna make an algorithm that can write poetry
0: And it's like, he's very much the kind of person who goes into the comments for a GameSpot review that gives a game a 5 out of 10, and he's like, this is empirically false based on the text of the review.
2: (laughs) This reads like a 7 out of 10. What are you doing?
1: Uh, God. I just want to push Rainer into a locker and then, like, seal him in there. (laughs) Like, they...
2: Rainer Rainer's making Eliza play Last of Us Part Two. Uh, <laughs> to help you better understand emotions and art.
1: Shout out to shout out to Rainer's uh, secretary who also seems like a real piece of shit. Um, just from like she's not ever pictured, but you get like little hints of like communication from her, um, and it just seems like they're made for each other personally. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: It's weird how much this game talks about gig work without talking about gig work like uh mm. at the end of each review uh, at, at the end of each session you get uh a star rating you get a level up and a tip and basically it seems like the kind of gig work where your base pay is probably shit and you have to rely on tips but uh it doesn't really get into the money factor at all and uh also, like through various points throughout the game, you're looking at uh, delivery apps, and if you end up going with the Rainer um, ending, you get signed up to this program that's like, oh yeah, use us and we'll secure your, po- your parking spaces, we'll be in line for you at VIP clubs, we'll cancel subscriptions for you. And, like, this game seems to be slightly aware of gig work and how it's kind of eating up society but it doesn't really seem to it it doesn't seem interested in including that in the scope of what it's talking about with technology yeah
2: there's also a bit that really like they don't seem to think very hard about this in a way that I find kind of flabbergasting where you have the conversation with Erland when you first go to uh to Skanda HQ and he's like wow you just you get so much better ratings than everyone else it's cuz you know cuz you just naturally click with Eliza and you're like my ratings don't seem that remarkable and he's like oh yeah those ratings are lies <laughs> we just lie to you to make you feel better mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like uh which first of all
1: first of all every single like gig work app like makes you hyper aware of your ratings because they use them to, to discipline you, you know? Like, yes. No yes. way is no way is a corporation like standardizing the ratings that people receive to make individual gig workers feel better.
0: Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> like th- there's a general understanding in the populace that you go on a Uber ride and the Uber ride's not especially amazing, but you still give that person 5 stars because anything lower than that, they're probably going to lose their job. And yeah, I think it'd be generous
1: to call that a general understanding. Um, but yeah, like the, the ratings for like gig, gig, you know, gig uh, industry apps are like, so critical to individual workers. Like no way that they would just take that out. Similarly, I think like Evelyn, Evelyn is, like, going to multiple, like, meetings at the headquarters with Rainer, like, on her shifts, and it's kind of, like, um, like, the number of, like, appointments that she seems to have in a day are just, even, even if you kind of, like, abstract that out, it seems, like, so incompatible with, like, what gig, you know, gig work therapy would realistically be like you know like the the volume of people they would probably try to push on you as a as a gig worker it were this to exist is like so much higher than what evelyn seems to like
2: well continue with. i guess i assume it's sort of twofold like one i assume they sort of abstract it and and make it smaller for the sake of pacing and then also i'm sure she gets less work because they want her to see the nice side of Skanda and come
1: back to work for mm-hmm. Sure. Fair, fair. I'm probably just nitpicking there.
0: Well, there there is a lot to nitpick at this game. <laughs> I, I, overall, I think I enjoyed it a lot. It just also like several of the endings feel incompatible with who Evelyn is as a person, and they don't really seem to do much with that uh, difference to make it work. Oh, and I and also like I also got fired. From my
1: from my uh, Eliza job, and then chose an ending where Evelyn was still working at the at the job, and there was no that <laughs> those two things just lived in different worlds. What'd you do to get fired at the end of the game where you um go off the script?
2: Oh, I didn't. I didn't get fired. To- yeah, <laughs>
0: well- if you keep going off the script, eventually Rainer will text you being like, "You motherfucker! You're either brilliant or you're fucking with me. I don't know which, but if you keep doing this." You'll probably get fired from the system. And if you do keep going off script, eventually you get a email saying, Hey, sir, you're fired now.
1: Mm-hmm. Which, and that's kind of in the area where it's like, yeah, you could easily, you could probably easy bullshit, easily bullshit Rainer to get your job back, but there isn't even a single line about that. You know, it's like got yeah. fired and then like continue work, continued working at that job. Just like straight line when that's not a straight line at all. Huh.
0: Um. Yeah. Yeah, the choices throughout the game, like, ultimately don't seem to matter that much. And nope. what you're doing at the end dictates the ending you're getting. And I don't have a gigantic problem with that, but it does make it seem incongruous when you're basically telling... Raynor, how much he sucks as a person and as a businessman, and you can just go and work for him anyway.
1: I kind of like that though because Raynor doesn't care. Like <laughs> Rain everything mean you can possibly say to Raynor just bounces off his his incredibly uh, dry clean suit. You know, like <laughs> you could just be like, "You're a piece of shit. I hate you so much. Can't stand your ass." Blah 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 blah. blah. Anyway, give me my job, and he'd be like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." Just don't, don't you know what he cares about is like whatever performance review you would do, you know?
2: Yeah, it, like in, in in his ending, he's just like, "Wow, you've hit all your deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> Great job,
1: uh, excellent." But yeah, just because of the position that Evelyn is like in, respective to her, like I actually think it makes a lot of sense that she could tell him like, because he he'd see that as a win, right? Like, if she asked to work for him, he would definitely be like, "Ah ha ha, I've won this game of 5D chess. I don't care what you say. I don't care if you completely read me my rights earlier.
0: Yeah, he's probably a huge fan of Aaron Sorkin TV shows. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he just thinks that people communicating with each other, like... Well, fuck you, and just continuing to work with each other is totally normal. I think I think Rayner thinks he's too good for Aaron Sorkin TV
1: shows.
2: Mm-hmm. I think he <laughs> he does love Fraser. He's though. just like
1: that's just liberal fantasy. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know if he likes Fraser. I think liking Fraser would require him to to express slightly more knowledge about what therapy is <laughs> than he does in that game. <laughs>
0: yeah
2: i think i think he doesn't make the connection <laughs> he likes fraser just like a show and, he, and, and people are like oh yeah because you're on therapy and he's like what
1: <laughs> he's like no i'm not
0: <laughs> you're making rainer sound a lot more charming than he actually is
1: <laughs> uh don't look this is my this is my superpower
2: You don't like the part at the end of his ending Where he like pats the seat next to him And he's like come let's watch this singularity together Fuck off
1: Uh, He's Uh. such a little creep Soren is a big creep But Rainer's a little creep Yes agreed Uh,
2: Yeah I I guess I would I, I appreciated some of like The things I ended up thinking about playing this game But I don't know that I thought it was very
1: good where I end up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I I also think that like you know there's character bits I could appreciate, parts of it I could appreciate, um but I kind of see like, you know, kind of the the like missed opportunities and like personally where I would have wanted to take it, you know, just sort of like crowd crowded out for me. Because
0: mm-hmm. I
1: think I think you can make a great version of this game, like if you wanted to really engage with like if you really wanted to engage with like the mental health field aspect of it um i think you could get some like really you know really like interesting material in there but that's kind of just like the the therapy stuff is really just kind of like set dressing
0: um yeah i guess it was kind of like a right place right time thing for me just because like the main character is struggling with questions that i am struggling with it as well at this moment but uh yeah overall it definitely seems like it's a little too surface level in some of the topics it's considering um to really succeed and uh yeah overall i i'm glad i played it just uh it would be nice if some of the endings felt less incongruous with who evelyn is as a person and uh if it considered some of the topics it's getting into more thoroughly So you're dropping out of tech to become, uh, to become Lil' Sappho too? (laughs) (laughs) Uh. One thing I will say is that it's clear that a composer wrote this game because (laughs) 99% of your conversations with Nora are her just getting into, here's how to make music with these specific instruments.
1: (laughs) No, it's not. I didn't follow any of that. (laughs) She's just pointing at things and going like, that's a defibrillator. And I'm like, isn't that a medical instrument? <laughs>
2: a lot of the shits he says is actually correct. Yeah, but-,
1: but they're just very funny scenes where like multiple times Evelyn's like, okay, I don't really understand any of this. And it just doesn't register to Nora. She just keeps dropping technical terms. She's like, you know what a modular yep. is? And Evelyn's like, yeah, kind of. And Nora's like, well, this is a modular. And Evelyn's like, great. What do the buttons do? <laughs> I
2: I would have liked it if the reveal at the end was that Evelyn's stage name was Big Sappho. <laughs> <laughs> Does
1: she What is the Nora ending? So it's uh, uh <laughs> stupid.
0: <laughs> it, it's it's you basically um, hanging out with her and you get an email being like, oh, your your talk about how Eliza's the worst got rejected from this, uh, mental health conference. But, uh, that's okay because you're just making music with, uh, Nora and you go to a concert, you're, you're in the crowd, Nora's stealthily playing the first song you've written and... At some point, Nora shouts out, Hey, you like this song? That person out in the crowd wrote it. Give her a round of applause, everyone. And uh, Evelyn just ends the game being like, I'm so happy. And it basically ends. Wow,
2: art is amazing. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I don't know about that one, chief.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not, it's not, not ideal, I would say.
1: Yeah, weird, weird idea of like how Evelyn could oppose Raynor and Skanda as, like, an individual. Um, I think the game is better when it kind of sidesteps that whole thing, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Um. For
1: sure.
2: Also weird in the Soren ending where she's like, I just spend all my days partially in virtual reality now. And you're like, um...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a bit in the comments where he's like, oh yeah, our... Our sister Devlin found it so useful that she basically just stays in there all the whole time while she's working and she doesn't seem to have any complaints.
2: We haven't heard from her in months. Like <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's not a real line, but
1: <laughs> uh, uh well uh oh She's just got really into yeah. Half Life Alex, it's fine. <laughs> she's just one of those speedrunners now, like Soren thinks she's working, but really she's just trying to go for world record.
0: Her happy place is picking up one of the bottles and watching the liquid slosh around.
1: Last
2: week I was there and she was in such a tranquil place. She was crawling around <laughs> back and forth on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, do we wanna do we wanna tackle some emails?
0: Yeah, let's do that.
2: So we have one on Eliza and two on Ober Dan. We had one that came in like right after we finished recording uh, the last episode, so we'll get to that one. but we'll tackle tackle Eliza first. I've uh, got a letter from from Curie uh, here. Uh, Eliza paints a bit of a dire picture of the mental health field, considering how it injects gig economy into it. While I have gratefully benefited from therapy, the game feels like a critique of it. What do you feel this game is saying about the state of the mental health industry?
1: Yeah, I kind of said that, like, I kind of said this earlier, but I feel like it doesn't actually say that much about uh, mental health as it exists. Um, and it's more, it's more sort of, like, garnish on top of what I really think this story is about, like, technology and the tech industry. Um, it's... Yeah,
2: it's very fond of saying, like, we're in a mental health crisis, but not really ever talking about what that means. It just says that mm-hmm. a lot.
0: Yeah. like We are in a mental it, health so- crisis.
2: <laughs> sure. No, I don't disagree. I'm just saying the game doesn't really... The game, the game feels like it's written by someone who heard someone say that and nodded, but didn't really <laughs> follow through.
0: Yeah, the thing for me is that, like, the way that the mental health crisis is talked about is the the problem that uh, everyone seems to see it, at least the leaders in this are like, okay, it's clearly that we don't have enough therapists. That's the real issue. And mm-hmm. like the game does seem to be somewhat critical of that idea just because the solution these people have come up with is let's just create an app that handles it because we don't have enough people. Well, mm-hmm. But it doesn't really seem to be getting into the real issue, which is that life, sucks pretty hard right now for a whole lot of people and Hmm. it doesn't really get into like the structural problems we're having that would lead someone to be super depressed or stressed out or frightened
1: yeah and if you were to like critique the mental health field there's like you could talk about how like the most inexperienced clinicians are basically like required to train themselves on like, you know, in like practice settings with marginalized people and then are encouraged to like go into private practice and like take their money from like, you know, like uh like wealthy people who are using it as like a self exp- you know, a self-improvement thing. Um you could talk about how you could talk about like the whole mess with insurance companies and like all the different ways that um insurance interferes with people getting the care that they need. You could talk about like, um, interactions between like the, you know, the carceral system and the mental health field. Um, those are just like three off the top of my head. Right. But they're not in this game at all. Um, and I think, cause it's just not really mm-hmm. written from a perspective of someone who, you know, is like kind of like, n- you know, knowledgeable about like the field of mental health. Um, it's kind of an outsider's perspective on that. Uh, yeah. I also remembered a line that Ray says where she's like, so what are you going to tell people that they should just stop taking their medicine and change the conditions of society? I'm like, well, yeah, there's a degree to, <laughs> there's a degree to which you cannot take medicine for the thing that ails you because the thing that ails you is like the world that you live in, you know? Mm. Um the guy who's really depressed because he's thinking about the end, <laughs> the guy who's really depressed because he's thinking about, like, the end of, uh you know, the guy who's really depressed because he's thinking about, like, how capitalism is going to, like, bring the world to, like, an, an end in, you know, consumerist fire. Actually, I think it would be good for him to join an, to join, like, an activist group. It would probably channel his, like, rage and anger into something productive and <laughs> be legitimately therapeutically good for him. Darren, I'm
2: going to recommend you talk to your doctor about (laughs) Lysithiol-8.
0: And you do get a bit with him at the end where he's like, I'm starting to understand that it's not a problem that I think about this stuff. It's just like, I could potentially be less, uh, have it affect me less, just in terms of like, not have it shut me down completely as a person. And like, yeah. That gives you
2: a $100 tip, which I felt really weird about. Mm -hmm. doesn't seem like a choice you make when you're in a like i mean you know like you want to give me a 20 dollar tip because i helped you a lot like that's great you give me a hundred dollar tip while i'm treating you for mental illness i'm like
1: yeah also to add the whole tip thing in there is like really ethically woof woof like it's it is a small yikes it's a big yikes (laughs) um yeah there's a there's a whole yeah that that part where darren came back was very sad because he to me it just seemed like oh you're on an upswing and you're feeling great you were gonna be on a downswing eventually like not not much as not much has improved in your situation um Mm -hmm. it was so sad to see him come back and then yeah he gives you a hundred dollars and it's like oh we did we did not do a hundred dollars worth for you (laughs)
0: Yeah, hopefully Evelyn learns why she made a bunch of mistakes when she eventually uh, accepts this offer to go to this university for her counseling.
1: Ooh, she's gonna be in those classes, being like, "Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh." She's like, "Ooh, I I'm surprised the national board hasn't put out a bounty on my head for the shit that I've done."
0: <laughs> yeah like i'm gonna have to book some i'm gonna have to book some that i'm gonna have to book some sessions with a real therapist to talk about this stuff and they're probably gonna hate my guts
2: <laughs> just put up she's just gonna like she's gonna show up for the first day of class and get like the basic orientation and then like mysteriously withdraw right and then, like, another person will come in whose name is Bevelin, wears sunglasses and a fake mustache. Like, no relation. I just love healthy practice of, you know, treating mental illness and not dismissive robots. <laughs>
1: Eve- Evelyn, no ethics, vi- Bevelin, no ethics violations. Hashley. <laughs> <laughs>
2: My shirt is raising a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah. Well uh we do have some questions about uh Obra Din that uh, one that they, they were both late. One of them was barely late. Um uh Olivia, can you handle this one from let's Okay, it says it's from Cass, but that's not what the from says at the bottom, so I don't know what mm-hmm, to say.
1: Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so this email, um, uh, this email is from, uh, devoured by a terrible beast, which is how I'm going to choose to vocalize, uh, five question marks in a row. Um, so yeah, the email is pretty similar, like, also kind of, uh, curious how we felt about the ending, um, which is, I think, something we talked about, and how the, I know that I had a feeling of, like, Going through all the extra effort to kind of like see the the hidden chapter and being like, oh, all right, I guess that makes sense. Um, the questions, uh, the the questions at the end of the email are one: Do you have a favorite track from the OST? I I know personally, I never like listened to the OST enough to be able to differentiate the tracks, um, but I did think musically that game was a blast.
0: Yeah, it it has some great pulpy sort of it has a great pulpy sound to it where you're looking at these people as they in their final moments of death and you hear this brass come in very loud you just see like a complete scene of carnage and the soundtrack is like bum bum
1: bum 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 and you're just walking around like oh man these guys are screwed (laughs) (laughs)
2: uh yeah i think i really had an attachment since i played through the game i guess like four or something times now um i have a a, like the music is is mostly divided up by chapter and i think the uh the like the death music for soldiers of the sea which is like the really like the really ominous bells Mm -hmm. um I think I had a lot of attachment to that because partially just because every time you get one of those deaths, you're just like,
0: what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The one that I liked, I I can't do the name either just because I've never listened to it outside of the game, but there's one that's like... If that registers at all to anyone. Nope. <laughs> Not at all. Okay. I do
1: I do like the little musical cues too for all of the like text on the screen. You know, when it will tell you like, mm-hmm. you've solved three deaths.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> that, that's very fun. I like that. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. It, it's also fun how they have a little musical sting for, Sir you're trying to do this. Here's why you shouldn't do
1: this. <laughs> Uh the second question is would you want a version of the game that's more flexible about the fates you can attribute to the crew if so how would you like to see that reflected um personally i'm fine with kind of like the i think i'm fine maybe in the previous podcast i said i wasn't fine <laughs> with i i think i think there
2: were a few instances where we agreed that it wasn't fine mm-hmm. um where like it being really particular about what exactly the method of being killed. Like when you see someone being crushed and it's like, Oh, you have to say they were killed by the cannon Mm -hmm. um, rather than the tentacle that's wrapped around them. Um, Stuff like that. It doesn't seem like it's very additive. I would also add, I think um, like with, you know, with Henry Evans, the surgeon, it's it's reasonable that they ask you to be like, "Hey, where is this guy?" But like that you have to assume for everyone else who left that they're just in the same place as him when you have no evidence to prove that that they didn't like arrive at shore and then go their separate ways, I think is kind mm-hmm. of dumb.
0: Yeah. The main hang up for me just because it I spend a lot of time figuring out why wouldn't this get ex- accepted is that um The people riding the crabs are considered sea monsters when I kept putting them as enemy combatants. (laughs) It's like, oh, they're they're chasing us around with weapons. That's clearly an enemy, but the game does not like that.
1: I feel like if you call the chapter Soldiers of the Sea, you have to be able to call the Soldiers of the Sea enemy combatants.
0: (laughs) Exactly.
2: Uh, Oh, so you're saying that the French sent them? <laughs> mm. Hmm. I mean, I have seen those mermaids going. Oh, oh, oh so <laughs> I've seen the Little Mermaid.
0: <laughs> Look forward to Six's uh, three-hour video investigating <laughs> the true identity of these sea creatures.
2: Uh I'm gonna lie down. <laughs> Uh, Jen, I'm going to make you read the last one.
0: Okay. Um, probably just go with the first name to be safe, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, this one's from Carolyn. Uh, hi, I recently, recently played Oberdin and I think it's one of the best mystery games I've ever seen. Um, many mystery games lose the fun of the system they are built in. For example, in many games, you end up looking for your cursor to highlight something rather than observing the room and deciding what looks suspicious or noteworthy. Oberdin. Um, does uh, nearly no mechanical assistance, um, exception being when it leads you to a corpse from a memory, and everything else is solved through observing the environment. Um, Side note, I played Din because I was looking for a new mystery after playing Paradise Killer, another really good mystery game I would strongly recommend. And uh, thanks for your podcast and looking forward to more. Yeah, I'd say that um, the design of the game definitely... Avoids uh, pixel hunting for the most part. Like there is a bit where you have to find out find one person's corpse, and it's like a leg that's hidden behind a barrel. That that was a bit hunt and pecky, but uh, overall, it's it's pretty good with leading you where you need to go. Mm-hmm. And also, I I would also recommend Paradise Killer that people play that. Like, yeah, I'm not sure. I feel like it's been a little bit more... I, it's been a short enough amount of time since it released, and also Six and I already played through it, so I'm not sure whether we'll end up covering it anytime soon. But uh, yeah, it's a very solid murder mystery that uh, does a very good job putting you in this world with fantastic characters and uh, getting to the bottom of a interesting mystery.
2: Over on Scanline, it was our game of the year. Yeah. So that means we liked it. <laughs> uh, you were you were, didn't have nearly as much uh, of a good time with Oberdin, uh, Olivia. What did you think about the like the mechanical assistance and lack thereof?
1: Uh, hmm. I I kind of feel like I've said everything that I wanted to say on the podcast and i feel like to kind of re-say it mm. now i would say it worse you know um okay fair enough go go listen to our Oberdin podcast it's pretty good i think i talk extensively about this stuff but it's just mm. been like two months now um and mm. i feel like i'd just be kind of like trying to come back to it all rusty um but i think i talk about that stuff um structurally like some of the frustrations i had with it
0: yeah Mm-hmm. yeah thanks for your questions folks and um, if you want to write in about Eliza or the next game recovering or like other games we've covered in the past you can always send an email to podcast at abnormalmapping.com mention somewhere in the subject line novel not new just so that uh, the people managing the emails for us Emma and Jackson they're able to pick them out and send them to us And uh, yeah, we always like reading out your thoughts on this. And uh, what are we going to cover next, Six?
2: For next episode, we're going to be playing the PC political drama *Scissorane*. It's available on Steam. It is, I believe,
1: $15.
0: So where can people find you on the internet, Olivia? Uh,
1: You can find me on Twitter at greatgrebe. Uh, where my pin tweet has the links to all my podcasts, uh, including this one, uh, including We Are the Champions, which is a podcast I do with my girlfriend where we, like, pick the lore of, we, we, like, go through the lore of selected League of Legends champions. It used to be random League of Legends champions, but, uh, League of Legends is a very bad video game, so we had to pare it down, um, and we still, we still find some really weird stuff. Um... And then I also do a podcast called Do Not Steal, uh, where me and my friend Hannah critique, uh, we kind of talk about and critique tabletop systems. And then more importantly, we make OCs using those systems and just talk about them, uh, which is a really fun podcast.
0: Hell yeah. And uh, how about you, six?
2: uh you can find me on twitter at six s-a-x-d-e-t-t-m-a-r uh you can find my work at scanlinemedia.com and patreon.com slash scanline media i do too many podcasts i shouldn't list them all that would be annoying what about you six <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs>
1: all right
2: uh what about you jen therapist voice so that's a
0: very interesting word that you just said <laughs> <laughs> so i'm at jbu3 on twitter um most of my stuff can be found uh, at uh, ScanLineMedia.com or Patreon.com slash ScanLineMedia, where we do uh, podcasts on anime, um, other video games, movies, um, Danganronpa, and uh, yeah. And of course, my other podcast is this one, which you can... <laughs> If you're hearing this, you don't need to find out where you're. You can, can hear it, it here,
2: at here, not here. <laughs> yeah, you're not here. Don't don't go to here that here. I don't think that'll work.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, it might work as a link, but it will not take you to the show. <laughs> anyway, until next time, uh, catch you later.
2: Quick save. <laughs> bye bye. I'm gonna make it a thing one of these days. <laughs>